Hey, this is James from Cinemassacre, and you're listening to Discography Discussion. And if you believe the Psycho Man is in fact selling his soul, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. Thank you for listening. Tonight, we present our conversation with James Rolfe of Cinemassacre. James took some time to talk to us about the originators of heavy metal, Black Sabbath. We hope you enjoy it. thought a sabbath episode would be really cool um we typically try to talk about um we try to talk about bands from beginning to end but uh i'm not gonna lie to you i uh while being very familiar with sabbath i noticed whenever we were prepping up for the show that there was like five or six albums that i just never heard (laughs) or anything so um yes are they uh the tony martin albums uh yeah yeah the tony martin albums there's a couple too that were just like tony iomi basically solo projects (laughs) and yeah uh, it's confusing because the first um collaboration with glenn hughes was actually released as black sabbath uh even though he wanted it to be a solo project he wanted you know just be called tony iomi they call it black sabbath featuring tony iomi (laughs) right which is weird the next two times he collaborated with with him uh they were both released as iomi so there's a very blurry line of when it's sabbath and when it's iomi right yeah so we'll uh we'll definitely get into that um we haven't like started rolling yet or anything so we're <laughs> yeah i know that could have probably been in the podcast i just once i get started i just can't shut up so that's cool <laughs> oh, man that's well, that's fine. what we want well let so. me let me ask you this james since <clears throat> when when i read the email from you that you said that black sabbath was your favorite band mm-hmm. this is the question that i've started asking our guests you know what are your qualifications for for metal why is black sabbath your favorite band uh, what is it about Black Sabbath? Like, I guess just the imagination that, um, like, the the lyrics provoke a lot of imagination. I, I think it, a lot of it's the sound of Tony's guitar. I just really love that sound that he got. There's like nobody else that, you know, has that, you know, like like a lot of you know guitar players. They have their own distinct um, sound, you know. So are and you a musician? Oh, what's up? Are you a musician? A little bit. I, I play guitar, drums, and bass, and and I do it because uh, I think playing instruments kind of you know helps my appreciation of music. Right. Um, it makes it even more enjoyable when I listen to music and I have an idea what they're doing. Um, but I've never actually like um, played in any kind of real serious music project or anything like that. I love it. I love it every time somebody says, "Yeah, I play a little bit. I play drums, bass, and <laughs> I, uh, I tried playing guitar. Um, I tried playing guitar. Oh my god, like years and years and years ago. And I think the best I could do, I could play Iron Man <laughs> on okay. guitar and yeah. uh, stuff like that. But uh, it just it never worked for me. Uh, I just decided that that was not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you decided you're um, much better at singing. I guess I'm not really that good of a singer either. Oh, you're a hell of a screamer. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you? <laughs> Thing. I just I can't sing. Yeah, I can't either, man. It's not a big deal. It's better <laughs> in my resume. I'm violin, viola, and cello. So I'm Mister mm-hmm. Nerdy Classical Guy over here in the corner. Yeah, and Joe uh, Joe pl- plays everything pretty much. Whatever well. you need, oh, I'm cool. your guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Um. 
Yeah, it was just weird. I was watching uh, the other night we did uh, – or not the other night. It was like a month ago. We were uh, – I was watching the um, – I was watching your video on the Mandela effect. And, yeah. Because uh, that's something I'm like real obsessed with myself um, ever since I had kids and we started reading those stupid Bernstein Bears – Bern, Berenstain Bears books. And, Say it uh, right. Yeah. And uh, – <laughs> Well, now I can say Mandela right, finally. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is episode 14 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can say to it, Alexa, play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and she will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Please like, favorite, and subscribe to us. We love hearing from you guys, and we appreciate everything you do if, if you're not a patron you can support everything we do with this podcast at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal our guest this evening is james rolf and you can find everything he does at cinemassacre.com we were actually i was watching it by myself we had just got done recording an episode and uh i just wasn't really paying attention and i would just look i looked behind you on your dvd shelf and i was like black sabbath black sabbath black sabbath black sabbath and i was just like <laughs> oh is it in that video he yeah yeah like in oh. the dvds behind it, and i was like well <laughs> i'm just gonna shoot off an email and see if he wants to talk about black sabbath because <laughs> clearly clearly he enjoys watching it so yeah, my CDs, it's like, it's it's ridiculous because it's just like every like reissue of every album. It's like the, um, you know, like they put out those ones. I don't know if you heard them, but they're really cool. They put out uh, those, what were they called? Like, I'm not going to say special editions, but um, uh, whatever the word is for albums, I, I forget. But they have like outtakes, all these different like okay, alternate yeah. versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah heard very little of that but yeah I know they no did. and that's that's cool though yeah. because like as a fan like you've already you've already absorbed everything you know at this point if mm-hmm. you're if you're a diehard fan of a band you've already observed uh, absorbed literally everything the band has to offer so to hear alternate versions and outtakes and stuff it's just to me it's just it's very cool like <laughs> yeah I, uh, I can't get enough of that stuff i mean it's not uh-huh. like live stuff we want to hear it unique yeah and again but different yeah I don't like when I go to a concert. I don't necessarily want to hear them sound exactly like the album. I want them to, you know, jam a little, have a little fun with it, you know, put a spin on it. You know, if I wanted to hear the album, I'd go home and put it on. You know, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I like that too. Hearing like extended versions of the songs, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, what's your favorite Sabbath song, James? Oh, that's tough. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with "Into the Void." Into the um, Void. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's on an awesome album. That's mm-hmm. a, that's my favorite album. So oh, cool. Yeah, Ch- Children of the Grave for me. So I'm. <laughs> oh, nice. I've, oh man, unbelievable. Cool. I guess I'm old school. My favorite is still Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath off the self-titled album Black Sabbath. <laughs> um, yeah, that's called the easy answer. Well, it is the easy answer, <laughs> but dude, seriously, I mean, if you listen to that song, you know, it starts off creepy as hell, 
and just builds and builds. And Ozzy sounds like he might be drunk while he's singing it, but um, <laughs> might be, yeah, might be. I don't know, <laughs> but it's uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> like especially, if, yeah, if you're listening to it in the dark or something, it's like, oh my god, you hear the you hear the the rain pouring in the background, and it just starts off with this real slow, sludgy riff, and then like. You get about two and a half, three minutes into the song, and suddenly it speeds up, and you're yeah. like, "You're like, what the hell's going on?" And he's like talking about running from the devil and stuff, and you're like, "You're like, holy shit!" It's I'm listening to a horror movie, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and just the guitar solo at the end of that, and just how it kind of breaks down at the end is just um, never heard anything like it from that era. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't imagine what it would have been like hearing that in 1970. It scared the crap out of people is what it did. Yeah. My, like, that's yeah. like right up my, my dad's alley. And he's like, no, man, I didn't. That stuff <laughs> freaked the shit out of me. He's right. like, that, yeah. that just wasn't for him. He's like, give me some more pure Prairie League. And I'm like, oh, dad, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and from what they say, it was like practically a live album that they just did it all in like one take. Yeah. yeah. Like those first few albums, they just like straight up powered through. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it too. I mean, not like it sounds shitty or anything, but like it sounds like uh, no, they didn't. Yeah, they just they were like in there, they did their business, and they were done. Right. I mean, it really was. Yeah. What is it? Uh, I think it's Master Reality. I mean, it's the one that we were both talking about earlier. That they actually, you know, kind of went to finishing school. I mean, they it was yeah. not, it, it, they they kept on doing take after take after take, and then they started mm-hmm. you know experimenting a bunch more, and you know you could tell. I mean, their sound changed a lot. Yeah, that was the first one where Tony tune the guitars down yeah because it was easier on his fingers making it easier for him to play right yeah and then he did something where like he took off um because i i always used to think well like to get a thicker sound wouldn't you need thicker strings but apparently his strings were thinner so he moved Mm -hmm. all the strings um uh down on the guitar i guess yeah so then so basically he had the way E A D G B. So like I guess the B and the E string were, were gone because he moved all the thinner strings um down and then he used banjo strings and replaced those two. Really? Uh, and then really? afterwards they invented lighter gauge strings. That is some very cool knowledge. Well that yeah, is I, it's very cool. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I know in, in the uh, VH one behind the music he talked about when he cut his fingers off at the last day of work. So he, mm-hmm. he had created his own prosthetic with leather and bottle caps, and he talked about tuning down because, it, obviously, it reduces the tension. It makes it easier on your hands. But then those first albums, he's always in standard, so it always made me wonder, like, okay, so what else was he doing? But then I didn't know that about the banjo strings. Yeah. Just taking the tension off, but I guess that would work. Uh-huh. And those, um, when he, he made his own, like, prosthetic fingers out of, um, like, rubber and then he put it he put like some leather over it that he took from a leather jacket and every you know once in a while it would wear out so much he'd have to replace the leather so he had that same leather jacket all those decades and was still taking pieces from it until it was all gone no <laughs> kidding that's, that's crazy that's awesome yeah that's rough though i can't imagine being able to play like technically proficient you know with a uh with a prosthetic finger i mean you know, it's kind of like if you pick up one of those reachers, you know, that you could buy at the store for reaching stuff that's far away. Like being accurate with that is, you know, ridiculous. I can imagine something as technical as guitar playing, um, mm-hmm. that it would be nearly impossible to, you know, to to really to hit the notes that you want to hit. But I mean, yeah, clearly for him it was rock solid. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. he uh, clearly didn't have any issue with it, or maybe he did, but you know, 
You don't yeah. hear that. You don't hear that on the records at all. You know. I think it's mm-hmm. cool that he took something that would most people would view as a detriment, and he turned it into a signature. I mean, it just. It's awesome yeah. that he's actually able to take something that everybody else views as a weakness and says, no, I'm, I'm going to make this work, and I'm going to make it better than everybody else, yeah. and everybody's going to be jealous of me, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who that, yeah. picks up, who, who that picks up a guitar now doesn't try to sound like Tony Iommi, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Not very many people, you know, if you, if you want to play metal, kids, you know, you got <laughs> go to you the gotta, beginning. You got to go back and listen to Sabbath, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is absolutely where where I was at as a kid learning guitar. I wanted to again. I wanted to play Iron Man, and then once I figured out how to play it, I was like, I guess bored <laughs> after that. Um, yeah. oh, you mean Iron Man by uh, the Cardigans? Uh, yeah. That's that's not <laughs> that's not it, Jeff. That's not it, Jeff. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that was one of mine too. That I uh, you know one of the first ones I played. Yeah, it's surprisingly easy, but I don't know how easy it is to play with prosthetic fingers either. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> In my head, all I see is in in our modern day America. I hear you know, Mister Iommi. It's going to cost this much money. I have these bottle caps and this leather jacket. I'm going to make my own fingers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys. I'm just going to do my thing over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So with Black Sabbath, I guess um, one of the biggest questions I had um, when I was drafting that email was uh, with when I was talking about the first album t- sounding like a horror movie. So, as far as being a Black Sabbath fan, I mean, has it been like a lifetime thing for you, like from a very young age or a more recent? Um, it's well, probably about half my life now. Um, okay. so I, I didn't get into music until like, well, I mean, you know, I listened to music when, when I was a little kid and stuff. I had, uh, you know, all kinds of records and everything. But then I went through a period in the '90s where I just I don't know, like nothing was connecting with me. I just wasn't really into like the whole grunge movement movement and everything. Right. You know, I've gone back in retrospect and I, I like a lot of that stuff now, but mm-hmm. um, back then I just wasn't really feeling the whole music scene. And then in the late nineties, I finally started um, uh, connecting with metal and that was really my musical awakening. So that's when I discovered Sabbath and Metallica. Right. And, um, and strangely, a lot of those bands were reuniting around that time. There was sort of like a reemergence of metal. Right. Um, you know, like uh, uh, Sabbath reunited for the Ozfest tours, and and then eventually um, Priest and Maiden got their lead singers back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a weird yeah. period there where you had somebody else singing for Judas Priest and somebody Tim else the Ripper for Owens Iron Man. is his yeah. name. Yeah, he was good. Hey, I like yeah. yeah, I like the Ripper. But it's yeah, one of those too. things. It's like I don't know. It's just I'm I'm an original vocalist kind of guy. I always feel like mm-hmm. if you yeah. ch- change the if you change vocalist, you should change the band name. Well, that's kind of uh-huh. what the uh, fundamentalist there, the, Dan. The challenge that mm-hmm. you know Sabbath had in the middle. The, the only thing so that got they have, with Paul Diano and Maiden should they have just should they change it then or? Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> man. It's yeah. a, it's a it's, it's a. Tough. It's like yeah, any it's statement. Tough. It's hypocritical, you know, because um, we're talking about Black Sabbath. I mean, how many vocalists has Black Sabbath had? Yeah. But, you know, they get a pass because they're classic or whatever, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and Deep Purple, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember the first Black Sabbath that you heard, like, when you actually knew you were listening to Sabbath? Like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, it was probably it was probably Iron Man, and it started as a prank because one of my friends, um, he, he like, went through a phase where he hated that song for some reason it was just one of those weird things where it's just like somebody no else particular I know. reason <laughs> but he was like annoyed by it and it was like one of our 
you know, like your first trip to the mall when you have your license, your driving license, and you know you don't have your parents around you and everything. And we were just like hanging out at the mall, and then one of my friends, who's just kind of, this is just his personality, he <laughs> he just went and and bought the CD at the CD store there without us knowing. And then he was like, hey, give me the keys. I'll start up the car. And he goes to his friend's car, puts in the CD, and starts blasting it out of the parking lot. <laughs> and then uh, and he, uh, and the other guy, he was not happy about it. Um, but then afterwards, um, that song always left an impression on me. And I was like, hey, what's that CD? Can I borrow that? I want to hear the rest right. of that. And then I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I think after Paranoid, I think I went to Master Reality. Hmm. And Kind of did like eventually over the course of years, you know, did like the first five or six Ozzy albums. And then I skipped ahead to Dio for a little bit, you know, Heaven and Hell Mob Rules. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and a, then just I'm a bit of a fan. Around. Yeah. I love Dio. I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That was. Go a, right ahead. I'm sorry. I yeah. Sorry. We, you. Yeah. We're not great about not interrupting each other (laughs) we um well who who is your favorite vocalist because you mentioned jumping forward to ronnie and i know that's for for a lot of people the question is always ozzy or dio it's like but guys they had more vocalists than that yeah i mean you know what my the way i compare it is i compare it to star trek if this makes any sense is that you have the original Star Trek series and then you have the next generation and everybody knows Captain Kirk like he's he's the captain he's the one that you know is the most classic but um nobody actually says like oh William Shatner's the best actor like he kind of right. he has his own distinct style of acting and like nobody else acts like him and that's what that's what you love about him uh, but then Patrick Stewart um, he's more classically trained and you know like it, it he would it's basically like dio he's he's really a better singer but still you can't top uh the, the classic singer for some reason so right. for that reason i gotta go ozzy um but the way you know like if i was really just to look at it completely objectively you know like ozzy sings along with the riff a lot and then dio sort of like you know works into it in, di- in different ways so um so it's re- it's really a, a like there's a conflict there you know <laughs> it's it's sure. tough to answer so is it an accident then that most people when they think black sabbath they immediately jump to the ozzy songs it's like those are the ones they know or are those are the ones that have been shoved down their throat so much yeah i guess it's just those are the ones that made the biggest impression because i guess a lot of it had to do with how much was going on in the 80s you know yeah. Like I think w- once you had Van Halen and Motley Crue and all these bands uh, that were just exploding, uh, it was kind of hard, I think, for people to keep up with Black Sabbath, especially that Ozzy had his own career, and, and Ozzy's career seemed to overshadow Sabbath a lot. Um, oh, yeah, he had more for of sure. a radio-friendly sound. Um, right, there's just a lot more competition. I mean, yeah, I mean. W- Early Sabbath was pioneers, and '80s Sabbath is, you know, everybody's already heard them and emulating them and taking right. it and twisting it into their own thing, and then you have competition. Yeah, I mean, everybody was playing metal in the '80s. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you go back yeah. to the Ozzy era and you're like early '70s. Nobody else was like really playing metal, at least not that sounded 
like that, you know. Right. Um, I'd say Led Zeppelin maybe comes close, but um, yeah, you know, they um, were still sort of their own separate. Like you're either following Zeppelin or Sabbath, mainly. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. Again, just to kind of go back to the whole horror thing, I guess the question I was asking earlier that I just couldn't couldn't spit out was uh, was it was it maybe the horror element? And I don't even know if you hear the horror element. It's just something I focus on when I listen. Oh to yeah. It. Um, if like if. I always wondered, um, with as much as you you talk about horror movies, if uh, if the two had anything to do with each other, you know, did your love of horror attract you to stuff like Black Sabbath, or was it the other way around? Oh, it probably had a big uh, part of it. Um, a lot of it was also I, I got into Metallica first, and they would always cite Black Sabbath as being a big influence, as right. did many other bands. Right. Um, I also I was into Rob Zombie a lot at that time, and mm-hmm. and. He would cover white uh, as White Zombie. They covered uh, like, uh, Black Sabbath songs sometimes, and right. um, uh, so I was like, "Oh, what is this Black Sabbath? What's this all about?" And I, you know, I think I saw Ozzy on Howard Stern. It was actually well, I saw him. Yeah, it was like a one of the was TV things, you know. Right. Um, so and then I, I didn't know what he played or anything. I assumed he was the guitar player or something, and then. When right. I realized he was the singer, I'm like, wait, there's no way this guy's the singer. This is impossible. <laughs> right. yeah. And I'm like, I have to hear this band and, and yeah. figure out what this is all about. <laughs> but yeah, the horror thing was there too, because the the first, uh, well, the band was named after the the Boris Karloff movie. Right. So right. I knew about that connect. That's actually kind of what got me interested in White Zombie also, because they were named after a horror movie. Yeah, maybe they did on Lugosi, right? Black, yeah. white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since you mentioned Ozzy, were you a fan of the new album that they did back in 2013, I think? Oh, yeah, the 13 album. Yeah. I waited, like, ever since I got into Sabbath, I've been waiting for that album. And it was one of those things where there were so many false starts, um, like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen now. Um, And then it wouldn't. It just fizzled out. Uh, Then there was a lawsuit with uh, Tony and Ozzy for a while, and it was like, okay, this, this isn't happening. And then out of nowhere, they just announced it and was like wow like okay like we'll see how long this lasts right and then it happened yeah so before that all we had was on the reunion record there was psycho man and i think yeah. i'm going insane like i i selling I, my soul yeah i know i had heard sabbath before that but i think when i was younger i just associated everything that sounded like ozzy as ozzy osbourne but then yeah. i heard psycho man and i'm like wait a minute what is this yeah. that's black yeah. sabbath oh that's those Wait, that's the guys that do War Pigs and Paranoid, and uh-huh. and the guitar mm-hmm. player in me just woke up. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the first time when it was like, okay, they're gonna do a, a new new album. They just did two songs. All they got to do is like ten more or something, and the, and they're good right. to go. And yeah, it didn't happen. Um, but I really loved those two um, tracks they did um, for reunion. And then there was another one. They did another new song. It was only played at um, Ozfest 2001, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was it. And, and Scary Dreams. Scary and, Dreams. Okay. Yeah, it only exists now as a bootleg, or, or you, you know, you just had to be there. But it yeah, was, you can't pull it up on Spotify I or something. Never have, I've never heard it. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds kind of like a song that it could be finished. Like you know, they just put some more work into it, but. It has that scary kind of sound that you know you described in the first Black Sabbath song, mm-hmm. but 
but uh it, it was it was really exciting when they they busted out that song live and and it was like here's just a brand new song and then nothing came of it afterwards right yeah that's so frustrating as a fan too because you're like you know i always assume when i'm listening to a band that the band members all get along and that they're friends and that they have no you know and i mean mm-hmm. obviously it's not realistic not everybody gets along all the time but uh you know you hear about these lawsuits or whatever and i always think well if i if I filed a lawsuit against somebody, that means I fucking hate them, right? Like, yeah. I'm never, you know what I mean? Like, you've yeah. broken, because I mean, at that point, anything could be settled by a phone call, right? It, it, you know, before it gets <laughs> to that point. So you hear, you know, Ozzy and Tony Iommi are having a lawsuit against each other, and they're supposed to be this album, and like, mm-hmm. it's all just kind of sitting there, and you're sitting there as a fan, just thinking every time you read that news that, oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. When, you know. that's when the politics of money and managers get involved, and it just yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, makes so. it messy. As Mel Brooks once said, "It's all about the money." Right, and yeah, that's why we're getting a Spaceball sequel. Woohoo! Oh yeah, that's... for real? Are we really? Uh, yeah, he's got everybody signed up except for Rick Moranis, apparently. Well, he like quit acting, I think. Didn't yeah, he? I know, yeah. but his kids have finally grown up, and uh, apparently, he said, "Hey, if somebody actually asks me and offers me the right amount of money, I'll be back because my kids are grown, and that's yeah. the reason why." I mean, because I don't know. I know we're kind of getting off topic, but his uh-huh. wife died of cancer. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's And really he's sad. like, you know, hey, I'm putting everything on hold. I've made my money. You know, it's not like I have to do this. You know, my my kids and my family are more important. I'm going to take care of them. And, you know, if I decide to do it after my kids have grown, you know, then I'll revisit it. And apparently <laughs> he's getting close to that. And I'm like, holy cow, I will freak out if. Yeah, that'd be if, interesting. If he gets, yeah, because apparently, you know, even like Daphne's at. Zeniga and he's back. Yeah, they're all I'll they're all happy. there, and I'm like, holy cow! I will, I'll be the first in line. I'll be camping in a tent. Right. Wow. Well, thanks for the news. Uh, news flash. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I uh-huh. could it just could be all the rumor and speculation. And so thirteen. Um, yeah. Listening to this was just um, very mind blowing for me because first of all, how creepy it starts out. Um, mm-hmm. The first song. I mean, it's slow and like. It blew me away because I typically when I listen to Sabbath albums, I turn my speakers up a lot louder because I'm used to it having that older recording quality. So you kind of have to turn it up a lot louder to crank it than you would like mm-hmm. a modern recording. But this is a modern recording. So when I listened to it, I was blown away by just how heavy it was. Yeah. Um, just blasting in my speakers. Um mm-hmm. And it was creepy, too. Like, I mean, just slow and brooding. I mean, literally just like the first song, you know, that they ever recorded. Um, and yeah. I knew I knew I was in for something special, you know? Yeah, I <laughs> think that's what, uh, what I like about, especially, like, with, with that 13 and with, like, early Sabbath is that whole doom aspect. That just, that hauntiness is just something mm-hmm. that you don't find in a, in a lot of music. Everybody's so obsessed with, you know getting everything so clean and so tight and they forget about the atmosphere of what it is that they're making. And sometimes, you know, those little picadillos in there are what make it great. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I love that kind of stuff, you know, that were just yeah. a little bit different and they were a it lot different. Kind of like bluesy and retro. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, there's one song on there. I can't remember. I think they actually played, busted the harmonica out again. Yes, um, they did. Oh, that, yeah, that was the one damaged yeah. soul. Yeah. That was awesome to hear. The, the only thing, oh, did you hear like all the tracks from it too? Because you know how they um they recorded sixteen for it, and then um well actually funny story is that I uh, um basically the the record company wanted um uh how many did they did they want they wanted uh 
they wanted 13 tracks. I think that's what it was. Right. And then um, they they said, oh, well, we're gonna do uh, we're, we're gonna do 10. And they're like, no, no, you gotta do 13. And then they decide to just call it 13 to piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And then uh, that's according to Geezer. Yeah. And. Um, then they ended up doing 16. So really, the, the <laughs> joke was on them afterwards. Right. But uh, the, the, on the album, like that, you know, like I think the one that was released, it was like eight. But then you can get the um, the iTunes version, which has like four extra tracks, and yeah. then or no, three extra tracks, and then the Best Buy version had four extra tracks, and then they held they had another four, um, yeah, because that's 12 there. So then they had the other four came out on uh, the end. Um, yeah. That, which was just like the their coda basically yeah um just kind of like the finished them out but you ever hear an album and you hear all the tracks that could have been on it and you have different opinions of how um if you were the one editing the album uh-huh uh, you would have done it differently sure yeah all the time yeah i actually am uh i was just filming i, I just finished filming this this morning uh i was working on a series called playlist junkie uh-huh and basically about um I mean, it's as basic as as basic can get. It's it's just me talking to the camera and just listing um, a playlist of different songs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's uh, something like an album that's you know I, I I wish this was arranged differently. Or I just have a different idea of how the songs would flow sure. better. That's cool. Um, and actually, I didn't I didn't end up using the thirteen one, but but I can tell you it really quick. Um, yeah, yeah go cool. for it. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I just. Um, on the document yeah here we go so um i think uh so if these were the eight tracks i would have picked on the album mm-hmm. and, and you know not that doesn't mean i didn't like the other tracks i just think that this one kind of gives it more of that classic sabbath album sure format you know mm-hmm. um i think uh so anybody who's listening to this you can recreate the playlist if you want there you go um, so the first one will be the native i don't even know how to say it but uh naivety in black um it's that funky word. It looks like nativity, but it's uh, naivety sure. in black, maybe. Naivety. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So that'd I... be the first track. Yeah. It just starts okay. it off really fast. Um, kind of reminds you of how, uh, like, um, you know, like you know, heaven and hell. How it begins with neon nights. Yeah, it just know? blasts out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, track two would be methodemic. Track three would be peace of mind. Okay. And track four would be God is dead. I think once you get to track four, that's your chance to have like a long extended kind of track. Yeah. 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 And then number five, uh, the loner, which actually, um, follows God is dead on the album. It actually has a pretty good, uh, you know, good flow there. Yeah. Um, six would be pariah. Seven would be age of reason. And then eight would be damaged soul. Okay. Oh, good. So that would be my uh, track list of thirteen. Yeah, I'll definitely listen. Try to listen to it in that order and see uh, see if I agree or disagree. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, I won't know until I really hear it flow yeah. together. You know. Um, yeah. I always like doing that kind of stuff. Like you, you listen to an album the way it is, but then afterwards you're kind of like, huh, let me see what it's like if you do it this way. Like even Metallica, that they'll play. I watch them play Ride the Lightning and the Black Album both like in their entirety in order yeah play them backwards oh, oh yeah really? ah, that's yeah. interesting huh that yeah. actually is amazing struggle within would be your first track struggle within yeah, yeah. and then you start lightning off with the call of cthulhu yeah that's <laughs> yeah because at first i'm like oh so it'd be interesting to hear enter sandman toward the beginning of the set list instead of toward the end but then they put it backwards so it's yeah enter sandman still came like at the end <laughs> uh, that's awesome 
And then Ride the Lightning, they had no choice but to do Escape. And that was um, a song that they, for some reason, just never wanted to play live. Yeah. And to this day, I think that's still the only time they ever played it live. Really? Yeah, they didn't play To Live Is To Die for a long time either. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen them play that live. I think they they just did it for the first time at their 30th anniversary. Oh, cool. It was You can that's find it on YouTube, but it was supposed to be just for the club members. Huh. Was that like those three nights? Yes. Um, yeah. Where they had all like Danzig and Halford and everybody up on stage. Yeah. Apocalyptica show up and play No Leaf Clover and I Can Die Happy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Fan dream. I saw uh, Halford sing for Sabbath before. You saw that? Yeah. I was just telling somebody about that the other day. I was like, God, I wish I would have seen that. And, you know, yeah. it would have been really interesting to hear it. So it, they, it was they, disorienting. It was like, because I was so drunk at that concert. I was like, <laughs> right, oh, right. Yeah. Ozzy's lost a lot of hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wig the whole Shit, time. Shit, did, did I walk into the wrong place and I'm actually seeing Judas Priest? You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> get piece it all together. I am at the wrong show. Yeah. yeah. And there's good recordings of that, so you could see it, you know. I wonder if he played more Dio stuff, though, because it just seems like that would match him better. Oh, oh, he did, but not at that show. He, okay, it, it was okay. actually the third time in history where he ever sang for Sabbath. Uh huh. Because um, the other times was when um, uh, it was well, it was at Ozzy's first farewell uh, concert, I guess. But there okay. were two nights where um, Black Sabbath was going to open for Ozzy, and right. uh, Dio's contract I think expired around that time. Right. And he just felt like he didn't have any obligation to sing. Um, before Ozzy, whatever, uh, I mean, there might have been some ego, or I don't know, I, yeah. but but whatever the case, he dropped out, and they they put Halford in there, so <laughs> it was Halford singing all of like the Mob Rules and Heaven and Hell uh, tracks, Dehumanizer. Huh. Oh, Dehumanizer! Um, and there is footage. I I know somebody recorded on like a you know like a you know real crummy VHS camera at that time, like mm-hmm. it was like ninety one or something, right? Um, so you can hear it. Um, it's not good quality, but, uh, one of those nights at least is recorded. Yeah. So are you a fan of heaven and hell, the band? Cause I know the album's great, but you know, when Ozzy started coming back, then they kind of split off and then black Sabbath with Dio became heaven and hell. Yeah. I think it was a good choice to different, differentiate the band. Like even though it was the same exact lineup that recorded mob rules and dehumanizer yeah uh, it still made sense to not confuse people anymore just so that they knew like okay this is heaven and hell and this is black sabbath and also just the fact that they got a chance to play all those songs off of those three albums live mm-hmm. um because for, that was another thing for the longest time i thought i would never have the chance to see that and then what do you know dio reunites with them again and and that was that was just amazing. Yeah, that's man. I'm really jealous of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, well, because I came late to the game on a lot of stuff. Um, because before I really got into metal, I listened to mostly like punk and you know stuff like that. And so whole lot of grunge. When I yeah, when I got into metal, I really like I had to do so much backtracking <laughs> to figure out. You know, did I start you on the Black Album or Ride the Lightning? I think it was Ride the Lightning. I still, to this day, am not like the biggest fan of the Black Album, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not too big on the Black Album either. I mean, I I, I love them all really, but sure. um, the Black Album, I, I find it to be like the most uh, uh, commercial sounding. Um, 
because it's all like designed for arena rock venues. Right. So a lot of the songs have like that hook, you know, those chants right. um, to get the crowd going. And I mean, I, I like the Black Album, but it's usually like the one I find to be, you know, it, it's played the most. They, they always do the most songs from it live. And yeah, um, just get sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough yeah, and it'll and, never go yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, with Black Sabbath especially, I think it was... Um, I think it was really interesting too. Um, a lot of the sci-fi themes that they had had, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the early albums. There's a song that really stands out to me on uh, Paranoid called "Planet Caravan." Yeah, oh yeah. And it's just this really like weird, um, like it's it's futuristic sci-fi, but like old future sci-fi. If that if there's a word for that, I apologize. But like, yeah, that idea of like you know you like a really grainy you know '60s '70s movie, and their idea of our you know probably early '60s movie, their idea of interstellar travel is like. I don't know, like taking flying airships from one planet to another planet or yeah. something like that. And that's that's just the picture that those kind of songs uh, put in my yeah. head. And really, as far as metal goes, I don't hear that much, you know. Um, that's one of the unique things about Black Sabbath was that kind of like weird, like pulpy science fiction aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you listen to the song Iron Man... Um, you yeah. definitely get that vibe of like you know he's turned a guy turned to steel from a magnetic field and like all this just really um really old Time school travel and everything yeah, yeah. like science fiction yeah. stuff and like um, I think the song is actually talking about like he goes into the future witnesses the destruction of humankind then he goes back to the present tries to warn the warn everybody mm-hmm. but something happened to him on the way back and now he's like unable to communicate or something yeah. And then, like, he's neglected, you know, they, they turn their heads, they don't want to have anything to do with him. So then he ends up destroying the world, and he's the one who actually causes the, the Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just so cool, you know, because I remember reading stories like that, you know, as a kid, you know, like those little tiny, you get those, like, little tiny paperbacks. Like, I remember a lot of the old Lovecraft stories and stuff. I remember on those, like, little tiny paperbacks with this just crazy artwork and... um they probably all have yellow pages now, but uh, they were, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, just that, that, that kind of stuff is inspiration. Um, really kind of opened me up to like, when I started listening to stuff like Iron Maiden, um, you know, like in, in it being all, you know, mostly, uh, fiction based, you know, fantasy and sci-fi based, um, stuff. And I think, I think a lot of that really originated with Black Sabbath and, um, I just feel like everybody always focuses on the horror element, uh, like I did at the mm-hmm. beginning, and really that sci-fi element that's there in their music um, is really, uh, I think it's really compelling. I think it sets them aside from other, you know, from other bands of their ilk, you know. Yeah. Did Geezer There's Butler. There's so many different themes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, James. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask, did Geezer Butler write the lyrics when Dio joined the group? Because I know he wrote primarily when Ozzy was in. Uh, when, when Dio joined, then Dio started writing the lyrics. And I think Geezer has said he was kind of relieved about that, that he finally didn't have to write the lyrics all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I heard the same thing on that one. But. Yeah, because a lot of times Ozzy would, would change him or mess him up or something that would piss him <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> so what he's was like, I okay, supposed fine, to say gotta, there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just yeah, Dio took a lot more of an active role. Uh, he was very much involved in... Uh, like even like the the guitar parts, he he would kind of give a lot of input into into it. Right, he was an actual lead singer versus just a guy that showed up and sang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, Ozzy, he was a freak of nature. I mean, he he knew how to get a crowd excited. You oh, know, yeah. he, I'm he drunk. You guys like are drunk. Natural... Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, and I think that's what people love about Ozzy. I mean, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean that it's not like he has the best voice, but there's something. <laughs> There's something in there, something that you can hear that just makes him unique, that makes people love him and makes him Yeah. Work. I mean, because truthfully, even though I'm the Dio guy, you know, and I love Ronnie James mm-hmm. Dio, my favorite album is still, you know, Master of Reality. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it's because there's something, there's something in his voice that kind of hooks you and grabs you and you're just like, I, yeah, I got to have some more, you know, Dio is so technical, but and and powerful but at the end of the day there's you almost feel like there's something lacking uh, with his stuff as compared to what Ozzy did in, in the earlier years there's just something that just grabs a hold of you and you just you, you know it's kind of hard to put your finger on it but you know it's there and it makes mm-hmm. you want to listen to it and, and, I, and I think that's I think that's what you know it makes everybody continue to go back to Sabbath is because of what Ozzy did with his voice and Whatever, whatever it is that I can't put my finger on, that just makes people want to go back and listen more. I mean, I mean that's what it does to me. I mean, even though yeah, I'm, it was very addicting. Like yeah, they're, they're it really is kind of quality. Absolutely, and it's a very overwhelming discography. So it's not something that you could just consume all at once. Yeah, it's it's um, insane. <laughs> Nineteen albums to date. I tried minus the live recordings. I, I tried going from start to finish um, uh, before this episode, and I failed. Miserably. <laughs> oh, it's I pretty mean, tough. Oh, oh, god, yeah. Because I mean, I try to do that for every episode, and man, I, I fell flat on my face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank God I've listened to you know, I, you know, it's not like I listened to it recently, but I've listened to most of everything. Um, mm-hmm. At some point in time, just it's an, it's just, it's a, it's a, amazing how much they've amassed o- over time. I mean, granted, it's what since seventy one, seventy two. I think late sixties. Yeah. Late sixties. Didn't shit. the first album get recorded in nineteen sixty nine? I think or was it sixty nine? It's crap. Cre- yeah. It's credited to seventy. Like on at the, the end of sixty nine. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. What's your favorite way to listen to Sabbath, James? Because I know Dan's a big vinyl fan, and I'm not as big of a vinyl fan as him. But a lot of what I got is CDs and even some cassettes laying around. Oh okay. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, uh, like if I had the choice, I mean, I have a lot of it on vinyl. Um, I have like. A lot of them on CD, but uh, I mean, most of my library is all digital now. If that if that's what you mean, because like the way I'm always making playlists and mm-hmm. accessing songs, right. like because I'm usually I'm listening to it like when I'm in my car or something, and then it's easy. Like now everything's on my phone, so I just Absolutely. I go into the car. Like every song I ever downloaded is on there. Right. So yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I probably like the sound of vinyl the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you know it, it it comes down to a matter of convenience. I mean, there's I I have my you know my my players down in my basement, and I you know the guest the guest bedroom's right above that, and that's where my wife works. And <laughs> you know I, don't, yeah. I can't really piss her off when she's on a conference call. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sure you but can, when man. there is that opportunity, oh yeah, like blasting music in the house on in some on some good speakers, like that's mm-hmm. that's great. But it's just not something that. You get that opportunity. Exactly. Just wait till she gets on a call and throw some Slayer on there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Slayer. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, man. I did that. um, Actually, I did that a couple weeks ago with a band I love called Cybreed. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's it's actually the, 
the new uh, drummer for Megadeth, uh, Dick Verburn, or however you say his last name, he's Belgian. And he's just going psycho on it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I just hear this loud thumping on uh, on the ceiling or when my wife's case is the floor telling me to, you know, shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> I'm just, because I have some obnoxiously loud speakers and she's on, here she is on an important call with, with clients over in South Korea. And I'm like, oh, shit. I, I, hopefully they like wow. metal. It's, it's, my de- it's my deadbeat husband downstairs listening to his metal records again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a complete deadbeat, just mostly. Sorry, buddy. You're good. <laughs> All right. Good. Um, yeah, we're not going to eat up too much more, right. too yeah, much more of your time, man. but I know it's late. I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> oh, it's all right. Yeah, I'm good right now. Is there right. is there a Sabbath record you don't like? Is there a Sabbath record I don't like? Let me think about that one. Um, there's no dud to me. Like, there's nothing where there there's nothing at all agreeable. Like, Forbidden is considered to be uh, usually their worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but even on Forbidden, there's... there's uh, uh, like get a grip is a really great song mm-hmm. i think and i think no matter what song or like no matter what time period the one thing that stays consistent is that tony never runs out of good riffs like he's still after all those decades he's always he even said himself he was like i should just before i die just record just a bunch of riffs and then just like give them away or something right <laughs> he he is the riff man Nobody yeah. can outriff him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's guitar players that are heavier than Tony Iommi, more technical or whatever. But as far mm-hmm. as being able to come up with original ideas that are good on the spot, there it's it's. I mean, there's nothing to compare him to. You know, he's just a, he's a riff machine. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems so effortless. Like it's just the the sounds he gets out of the guitar. It's just like it's so heavy but it's so casually heavy it's like hard right. to explain it's not fair it's no i mean it that's uh, it make, right. makes sense i think it kind of goes back to the whole thing with like with dio and, and anazi it's it's kind of like the same thing you know he he's not like uh the 100 most 100 percent technical guy but there's just something there's a feel to it and i, mm-hmm. I think that's what made him so magical is because you know all of them you know they uh, together whenever they started out you know it was just it was magic it was just like it was meant to be and and it changed it literally changed the course of you know rock music metal you know whole nine yard I mean hell I mean you know stoner rock came from you know Black Sabbath essentially I mean yeah. Sweet Leaf I mean you know stuff mm-hmm. like that I oh, mean yeah. it's just like yeah, you know for sure. that's like that's where it started I mean they they started so much and that's what makes mm-hmm. them so amazing like everybody can that's in rock and metal now can probably it, it they have to point their fingers to Black Sabbath and say, hey, these guys are what got us going. Whether they realize it or not, because they might point to another band, but I guarantee you that the band that they're pointing to, they're the ones pointing to Sabbath. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, because they, I mean, really, they, I think they really, they changed mm-hmm. music for the better, obviously for us, since we love metal, but, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's very cool to be able to talk about such a, a, an amazing band that, you know, literally changes the face of music. You, you, yeah. can't, you can't say that about everything, you know, because we've we've talked about other bands and they're awesome and they're a lot of fun and you know they've done amazing things. But can you say, hey, you know, we we changed how people play, we changed what people listen to, and, and the answer is probably no, right? Yeah, like even Soundgarden, like like you could hear like Sabbath influence in like almost every band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in some way, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just about actually. Now that you meant say it out loud, yeah, I was, I'm trying to think of a band I can't hear some Sabbath in. 
yeah. you know, that I listen to on a regular. And it's like, it's not, they're not brutal, you know, they don't like, you know, beat you over the head with a tire iron, but they're, um, like say, yeah, like a casual heaviness, you know, that, uh, yeah. that kind of, that kind of creeps in there and, um, you know, it feels, it feels hard, like. I think last week I talked about a band that felt like I was pushing a boulder up a hill, you know, but it is, it is, um, like a good horror movie. It is oppressive. You know, it stresses you out just a little bit, like not enough to, mm-hmm. not enough to cause you to go, you know, off the rails, but just something that kind of creeps you out a little bit. And I guess that's what attracts me to the early Sabbath albums the most. The first three, um, Black Sabbath and Paranoid and Master Reality is that those are kind of the creepiest Sabbath albums. They deal with lyrical themes that are kind of unsettling, you know. Um, it's weird too because everybody talks about the whole like religious aspect of it, like the the Satan and and, and all that in mm-hmm. it. And uh, what I think is funny about those records is that they're not really like, well, they're not like a satanic band, even though like they kind of were portrayed as that for a yeah. while. Like they're actually more like hippies. Yeah, yeah. yeah they tell and, like they're all wearing, yeah, and they're like all wearing crosses and shit, and like you know, that's not something that a Satanist is gonna do, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, or is it? Yeah, because so many of their songs are like sort of about like you know, uh, warning about evil, like you know, um, uh, kind of just like uh, um, uh, I mean, sometimes specifically in their lyrics, they'll say like you know, um. Like love is the answer and things like that. Right, you know? yeah. Like uh, was it after forever? I think is one of the more notable examples of it being like a. We're saying evil is scary, you know. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading in an interview a long time ago that somebody gave them those crosses that they wore and all the band pictures and stuff. And they asked, somebody asked them, "Why do you guys wear crosses all the time?" And they go, "For protection, man." You know? like, <laughs> now, yeah. now is it is it geezer? That's the practicing catholic that was putting a lot of that into the lyrics uh, early on 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 some of that stuff is that i i you would probably know better than i would but i um i i believe so that sounds about right um okay. i know that he was the one he was also like researching a lot of like i mean he would get invested in certain topics like he would kind of um like he would research one thing and like like i've even se- i've even seen a picture of him wearing like an ankh like around his neck yeah like, you know, oh, okay. yeah i remember yeah. that yeah yeah, I think he's just um he's just very interested in like um any kind of like mysterious type of topic and like th- there was a story about like um like him getting freaked out one time like he saw a glowing orb in the room or something oh, and yeah. then he went and started writing um a song the next day so mm-hmm. that was just um, Ozzy high as a kite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I can't remember like the the exact details but I I do yeah. remember reading a lot of it interesting stuff about i remember he told the story that when he was living in an apartment and had his walls painted black with upside down crosses and things beat me to that story joe he woke up and (laughs) saw the thing at the end of the bed (laughs) yeah something was at the end of the bed staring at him or something that's actually (laughs) in the uh on my uh i got a re-release of the first album on vinyl and they had this huge write-up of of the van and they told that story exactly i remember just getting shivers because of course i've got the fucking album on playing it while i'm reading this scary ass story you know (laughs) and uh, i'm like oh my god (laughs) like Like it used to unfold into like a a, a inverted cross yeah yeah but i've never seen that one actually i think that was like one of the original releases yeah. Because yeah. it differs in the UK also. So um 
like that album's been released so many times that um you know it's hard to um keep track of it all yeah yeah the one that really freaked me out was the cover of um sabbath bloody sabbath oh yeah dude like what the hell's going on there like yeah absolutely yeah there's like the 666 up at the top and um mm-hmm. it's like demons and <laughs> and then it, and then you turn it on and sabracadabra comes on and it's like wait this is like not scary at all well yeah it's weird if the music's not nearly as scary as the cover <laughs> like it's oh yeah <laughs> you know you're expecting to get like a master reality type sound or <laughs> something out of there and you, you pop it on and you're like oh okay well yeah i'm not running for except my life yet first yeah. sa- um like except for the first song on it um the title track it uh like the way the guitar kind of like grumbles and ozzy sings so high on it that there's just something like almost like um I don't know, just something like really inhuman about it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds a little off. Like it's one of those like you can't you can't put your finger on it, but it's just that something sounds off about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one that he uh um well they stopped playing live. Uh sometimes they would do like a little instrumental, like like the you know, like a medley, but uh-huh. um they, he did it on the reunion live album and then um which was from those two Birmingham shows in ninety seven. Yeah. But after that, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think maybe like th- that song was just too high for him to, to sing. Yeah. Hang on, let me go get this helium. Yeah, we must have <laughs> tried. You know, he probably tried it a million times in the studio when they first recorded it. And right, you know, when you've got you when you've got unlimited time, and at that point, they probably had a really good budget. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, at that point in their career, so I mean, being able to pull something off in the studio is uh, it's like a whole different world because you can try as many times as you want. Or you could even, I mean, hell, you could even pitch shift it a little bit, uh, which when I listen to it, I sometimes wonder if it is pitch shifted a little bit to mm-hmm. make it sound higher, you know, than, than yeah. maybe it really is. Um, and that could be what I'm talking about, about it sounding off a little bit. But I, um, yeah, I wasn't there, so I can't verify. You know? Yeah. But um, sounds like it might have been. Yeah, it's it's just one of those weird curiosities. Um, I, mm-hmm. Every time I listen to that record, I'm always like, I wonder if they yeah. really did this or, you know, I don't know how good audio mixing technology was back then. You know, if they if they could pitch shift like that mm-hmm. or what do you like stretch yeah. stretch the tape a little bit that, or you know? Yeah, well, well, at the end of War Pigs, um, or wait, is it no? It's um no Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Is it? It's Iron no, Man. No, it's War Pigs. Yeah. The very end of War Pigs, um, they do that weird thing where it, like winds up the speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like wondering, do they do that by hand or something, or like you know, like spin it, yeah, spin I don't the know. tape or, or what? That's um, the reel to reel running out the end, and it, it almost snaps. I feel like a lot of those tricks are probably lost to time too. I mean, like now you go in, you know, and edit it digitally, and it just you can do anything you want. You know, time stretching is real. Yeah, they probably use stuff like potentiometers on. Yeah, crap like that. So you could just, you know, incrementally increase voltage just to speed stuff up. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, James, if you're yeah. if you're having one of those days, and you just say, "I want to go listen to Sabbath," what album yeah. do you put on? Oh, gee, uh, a lot of times it's if it's really um, if I haven't heard it in a while, Paranoid or Master Reality. Like I usually go to those, yeah. but, right. but you know what it, it usually is? It's usually what's the album that I heard the least recent, Uh huh. um, which one is due for another listen. Right. And, um, a lot of times it comes down to the Tony Martin ones. Cause that's, 
you know, when you're going through their whole discography, uh, usually you get to that last. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was a consistent singer, though. They they had him on there for five albums. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of the man. I because mean, didn't they have him? Did they have him before Dehumanizer? Yeah, um, and then they did Dehumanizer with Dio, and then they went right back, back to, to him, him exactly. uh, right afterwards. In which cases that would be a little bit, you know, like, there's some hard feelings or whatever. But he, he seemed like, I mean, from what I heard, he was pretty cool with it, and was just like, like, yeah, okay, I'll come back. Yeah, maybe and it's a good that. paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If you got a good paycheck, it's pretty easy to be a consummate <laughs> professional, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I know, but maybe he, maybe he loved this. playing with them too. I mean, you know, don't never know what the uh, behind the scenes story would be. Yeah, um, I, I've been waiting to see uh, some kind of reunion again uh, with with him. It's, it's he's like the last because in recent years, like we've seen. Um, a collaboration with Glenn Hughes. We've seen uh, Ozzy come back. We've seen Dio yep. come back. Mm-hmm. Yep. All recorded albums. And then Ian Gillen, even they did that uh, that charity benefit for the um, the '88 earthquake in Armenia. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which had uh, like uh, Jason Newstead and Nico McBrain and mm-hmm. John Lord. It was like the supergroup collaboration. Um, but uh, the only the only singer that really they need to do something with is tony martin and yeah. uh, i know they're hanging it up now with with black sabbath officially you know yeah. it's, it's for done now. but for now uh yeah um but uh, it would be cool to see uh the two tonys get back together and i heard that that's a possibility that they're on uh they're on good speaking terms and everything that'd be cool that'd be cool yeah um yeah it's really hard to tell these days because it seems like bands break up all the time and then like Somebody calls somebody or somebody's over for beers and they're like, you know, it'd be really great fucking idea if we got together and did this huge tour, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, so I, it's always exciting to see that sort of thing uh, go down. I mean, I was surprised even when they had reunited with Dio to do Heaven and Hell. I was like, holy, you know, like, holy shit. Yeah. Is this, you know, <laughs> is this so real? Those three yeah. songs um, on uh, the, the Dio years compilation. At that point, they was actually still called Black Sabbath. Right, that was like 2007, I yep. think, and yep. and it was like, wow, okay, like that that was amazing enough. But then they were like, okay, we're gonna do a whole album. And at that point, I was like, okay, you're giving me too much. I'm already <laughs> excited enough that you did three songs. I'm I'm fine with that. Right. So I didn't have like the hype already faded. But mm-hmm. when they put out that that the Devil You Know album, yeah, that blew my mind because it actually exceeded um any expectations I could have had. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean. Huh overload yeah yeah I just saw the other night I was watching um, it's not Headbangers Ball anymore it's like metal is it like metal mayhem it's on MTV classic or something and it's all old videos from Headbangers Ball but they play some of the newer ones too and they have the uh, the heaven and hell black bible video which was really weird oh Um, is it yeah I've heard (laughs) There was that really weird video, and the band themselves don't like it. Like, nobody yeah. liked that video. Yeah. I, I see what they were going with with that one. It's the one with, like, the cutout. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's real abstract, and, like, you, you know, you're, like, in heaven and then in hell. Okay, I see what they did there. But, yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, um, yeah, he falls down to the ground and, like, winged demons. And you can actually you can actually see Dio, like, his outline singing, like, around the character uh-huh. and stuff. But the band yeah. themselves never appears in the video. Uh-huh. I think it was a really cool idea. Um, like I can understand why it, it didn't 
it didn't come off well at all. I don't think it was it was like done well, but yeah. I can kind of see what they were going for with it. That it was like this. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, like the Prince of Ahmed. It was this silent film, mm-hmm. and I, I think it was like the first feature length animated film. Okay, um, and it was all done with these weird like cutout figures, and I think it was trying to be like that, like a vintage kind of puppet show, like right. a shadow puppet show. Okay, and kind of like a creepy kid's storybook or something. But, uh, but yeah, like the band themselves were like, what the hell was that? Yeah, like they didn't you... have anything to do with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell have you guys done to our song? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of bands do that where they just kind of leave the, the music video part to someone else. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, I think I'd be way too OCD to allow that to happen personally. Yeah. I've, yeah freak out well Mm -hmm. and in this day and age i mean it's so easy to make content i mean you know yourself i guess but some of these older guys are used to you know they're used to the kind of the old way of of things and making you you know like somebody might show you a concept for a video or something they might ask you to show up and you know mock play the song for the video but um you know, in this day and age, it's a lot of the newer bands that come out typically do their own videos. They do their own stuff. Um, the internet's just ridiculous um, mm-hmm. about, you know, if you want to create your own unique concept, whether it be music or not. I mean, you know, I don't have to tell you, but yeah, <laughs> it's one of those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, what the what the internet can do for people now. Um, I feel like um, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunity there um, for some of these older bands coming back and... Um, I feel like the the trend is more that they're more disappointed with how their stuff is handled when they put it in someone else's hands. But it's like you think Ronnie James Dio was going to sit down at a Mac and you know yeah. edit together edit together a video, you know, and be like, "This is the, the you know." So I wanted to yeah. be all rainbows. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't like love the video or anything, but um, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, oh, you know, you guys kind of got what you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was weird for sure. <laughs> what would be your final thoughts on Black Sabbath? Oh, my my final thoughts on Black Sabbath just it's just endless. Like it just doesn't. It, it's like an addiction, and that just yeah. keeps on going. But then the thing is, you start finding other bands that sound like Sabbath, and then you start getting into those bands. Uh, like uh, the Sword is a uh, they sound like a like a a modern Sabbath. Yeah, they're great. And uh, it, it just. Yeah, there's something about about that that I can't explain. That it, um, it's just it's addicting. I don't know. <laughs> Is it like the Matrix? It's the source. It all starts with Sabbath. So it, yeah, it's like it just, never gets you know, old. You tie, yeah, you could tie like so much uh, to Sabbath. That's what you crave. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it's like even when like sometimes there, there's another band that I'm into and I feel like this band could be my, my number one favorite actually. But then it's like, wait a minute. Well, this is, they, they, they got this from Sabbath. I know they did that. And then it's like, oh, okay, all right, fuck it. It's Sabbath again. It's always <laughs> Sabbath can't be uh topped. It doesn't even mean that I listen to them all the time or anything. It's, it's still, it's like something that just comes in rotation. Like I'll come back to it every now and then sure. you always take a break. Um, but every time when I get back, into the Sabbath rotation, I'm like, oh yeah, I know, I know why I got into this again. <laughs> right, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. I definitely, I think most people, yeah, would definitely say the same thing that you're always going back to it, but you're branching off from it too. You know, 
And then as for album of the week, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I should go with like a recommendation thing or if it's just like what I'm listening to now. What, yeah, what uh, you're listening you to, what you're enjoying, whatever. It doesn't you, matter. You know, nobody's, yeah, nobody's paying us for this. You know? no. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, whatever I mean, you want. it's a free yeah. plug. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm actually, um, I'm like, I'm right now I'm like really into Pink Floyd. Um, I mean, I've always been, but it's like, it came, you know, I, like I said, you go into phases, you come back to things. So I've been basically like listening to like anything, uh, Pink Floyd, uh, that I can, that I haven't heard. Like I'm trying to like, um, cause that's the way it was with Sabbath too. It was like, I would come back to him and then I'd, I'd get some more albums and I'd, I'd, uh, keep filling it up until I had the whole collection. And then, and once you have the whole collection, then, then you start listening to like concerts and, um, all kinds of obscure, sure. um, like, Oh, I want to, I want to hear a concert with, uh, Ray Gillen singing or, or, uh, right. Know, yeah. Um, uh, and I explain that to somebody, and there was like Ian Gillen, Ray Gillen, like it's like so confusing. But um, uh, where was I going with? Oh yeah, so I've been like listening to a lot of Pink Floyd stuff, like um, the the live at Pompeii performance I heard a long time ago uh, mm. on a VHS tape. But now, like they actually released um, Pink Floyd just put out like a bunch of uh, obscure stuff on um. Like it comes with CDs and Blu-rays and, and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, the Blu-ray they did this amazing 5.1 mix of Live in Pompeii, and okay. it sounds amazing if you listen to it on on surround sound. Yeah, especially echoes. Um, when you when you hear that performance, it's just amazing how you could hear every instrument sort of like isolated, but all just surrounding you like you're there. Sure. So they do that. Is that DTS audio that they used for the 5.1? Do you know? I guess. I mean, yeah, I I have I have a handful of stuff that's uh, re, you know remastered or recorded in DTS mm-hmm. audio, and I'm normally a big stereo guy. But holy shit! Mm. I mean, I, I mean, it's like you're you're like sitting on the middle of the stage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, it's it's really cool. I mean, because I mean they mm-hmm. how they how they make all that work. It's so whenever you get it done correctly, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's wow. it's better than. You know, just like you know, a surround sound with a movie. I think a surround sound, when done correctly with music, is is really cool. And I'll, I'm gonna have to check that out because I I love that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. Where do you um like um like is it that is it at all common when they release stuff like that? Because I haven't heard it uh, that often. No, it, it, it's not, and it's really flipping expensive when you do find mm. it. Uh, but you can find it, you know, at most of the music stores, you know, whether, you know, it's new or, you know, secondhand. Okay. Uh, there, there's a crap. What's and is that it place CD? In like, is it, a, is it usually on a CD format? It, no, it's DVD. It's DVD oh, okay. format. Yeah. So it's DVD. It's like a DVD audio, but they, it, it, there's, there's actually stuff that's actually recorded in DTS audio, which is a, a type of format. Instead of Dolby Digital, it's DTS. Interesting. And, okay. And, and the difference between Dolby Digital and DTS, to my acknowledge, uh, from what I understand, is that DTS is more pronounced per channel, and mm-hmm. that's why it works well with music, uh, hmm. as compared to. I mean, because sometimes with movies, it's you know, it's that whole special effects things that goes so far over the top that you know, it kind of, kind of kills it. From at least it does for me, you know. It, but it seems to work really well with music. And there's a there's a couple of things out there's a. What's that place in South County that that's in the mall that nobody goes to? 
I don't know. I don't go there. Oh, V-Stock. Yeah, oh, yeah, said. V-Stock. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, okay. If nobody goes there, then yeah. how am I supposed to know what it is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, Vintage but, Stock, yeah. Yeah, Vintage yeah. Stock. But there's places that, um, like, the Vintage Stock actually has a dedicated location for the uh, d- digital audio surround sound stuff for specifically for music. And so if wow. you have, if you have, I don't, I'm, I'm not exactly exactly sure where you're located at, but there's, mm-hmm. you're gonna have places like that pretty much anywhere. So if you have a like a, uh, should it used to be even like Barnes and Noble used to have stuff like that. Even I don't know. Oh wow! Huh. I mean, can you get it online? Oh, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Go to Amazon. Okay. You can find it no problem. But as oh, far okay. as like physically going into, I sometimes yeah. I like to go into to stores just be, I don't know, just because I I still have that. <laughs> I'm I'm almost forty, so I, I kind of still have that you know mall feel you know from when I was a teenager. So I, I still have a that that twinging to want to go back for the, for the music side of things. Yeah, go, go back for... and pay more. Yep, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, you do with that that audio. It's like forty bucks for some of that stuff. That's crazy. I mean, it's insane. But if you find something and it's somebody you really love and it you know it's done well, it's worth every freaking penny. Mm, cool. cool. I wonder what bands uh, like like how many bands have done it. Uh, most of your big arena rock bands, anything who, anybody who's played like large arenas. Uh, I know this was a metal podcast, and I'm not supposed to admit it, but I fucking love Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham oh, okay. is amazing. We're cool. Yeah, he's oh, cool. absolutely amazing. So yeah, so yeah, you guys might be cool. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So they they actually have some stuff that's in in DTS audio, and it's unbelievable but yeah it I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that you know pink floyd I, and i bet you even black sabbath has something oh, cool. like that too i i would put money on that you know they're, yeah, we'll they're, 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 they're a big enough band that they got to have something like that okay cool. yeah because i know awesome. i i must have got turned off to it at one point because they, they put out the uh the, the paranoid um special edition um and uh and it, you know, had lots of cool stuff. You know, like I was telling you, the the alternate tracks or anything. But they had like a, um, I'm gonna say it was like, yeah, some kind of surround sound version of the Paranoid album. And I remember trying to listen to it, and it was like, it was horrible. Like it just did not work whatsoever. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, I'm sticking a stereo from now on. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And a but, lot of it depends on how it's mixed. Uh, and actually, it went in the time frame it came out with with DTS because some of the early stuff. Truthfully, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's rough. I mean, it's the same thing like whenever you you watch 3D movies. Some of the stuff is just so far over the top that it's distracting. Mm-hmm. So it, okay. it, 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 it might have been something like that where it was just, I mean, you, you want it to be pronounced, but you don't want it to be so far over the top that you're like, you know, that's a left speaker. So I know that's every time that a guitar plays, that's the only place it's coming from. And some of the early stuff was like that, but, you know, it's just like anything with technology. As time goes on, it gets better. It's just that it never okay. really caught on uh, in mass, you know, mass media, just because it, it costs so much to do. So, but I think okay. I think Joe was just looking it up, trying to find it. But yeah, yeah, well, that's <laughs> awesome. And now, now I'm really hopeful, especially like like after I heard that that Pink Floyd one, I was just like, wow, this, that, why does this sound so good? <laughs> so like, yeah, I'll look for what what other artists have that. And um, yeah, there's some really cool stuff that you can find. So yeah, it, it sounds like I might have a new addiction. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Jeff. All right, hey, I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Well, uh, James, man, I really appreciate you coming, taking the time out, because I mean, we uh, 
I know you're busy and it's nearly impossible to work out a schedule for anything anymore. <laughs> uh, at least it is for me. Um, it seems like every time I got something going on, something comes up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I flew down here at like 85 miles an hour to, and to make it in time from my, from my wow. graduation. So I, I totally get it as well. So we, we, oh, wow. we, we thoroughly appreciate it. We, we, we are very humbled by your presence. It's very awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Yeah. So yeah, cool. maybe another time, uh, uh, sometime when, uh, you know, everybody's schedule clears up again yeah yeah absolutely yeah it'd be cool man like one of the things we tell anybody that's on our show is uh the door's always open you know um mm-hmm. so you know six months from now we're talking about rob zombie you know you'll probably be getting an email from us oh, you know like sex and just nice. one of those uh <laughs> i love that album. you know yeah dude i mean it's just uh it's a lot of fun and our podcast is a little different in that like we just kind of talk and i know that's like a lot of people but um I think it's different as far as metal goes because there's a whole lot of like bravado, tough guy. Like if you listen to a lot of metal podcasts, you hear a lot of like, then this week we're talking about such and such, man. You know, it's like just so like overly masculine and weird and (laughs) over the top, you know. So ours, it's just we always just wanted to be, you know, dudes in a room talking and uh, hopefully people like that. And awesome. Um, Well, you get yourself some sleep, and uh, <laughs> we will be uh, anxiously awaiting another video. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. <Yeah. laughs> Gives me something to do during the day. I get lots of stretches of, of work time where, like, I work in a dialysis clinic, so there's a lot of testing and weird stuff I have to do. So it's like, go drop this into a bucket of water and then sit for two hours <laughs> and wait, oh, okay. you know, so um, always plenty of time for me to catch up on <laughs> man, I want your stuff. job, cool. man. I, I'm nonstop. I, all I do is just talk to engineers and tell them what they did wrong on their drawings all day long. <laughs> More power to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's empowering. Engineers are the worst sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm the reason all of your internet works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, James, thanks so much, man. Yeah, Absolutely, uh, man. We'll, uh, we'll, hit you up, uh, uh-huh. we'll hit you up later this week. You know, okay. On on the Twitter and all that good stuff. So. Yeah, and thank you very much for the uh, the Sabbath knowledge, man. You know some crazy stuff that none of us knew, so that's yeah. very cool. We love oh, cool. finding nice. out new things. That's that's always part of the fun of this. Did you know that at, at concerts there is actually, or at least at, at some time, there was a guy with a bucket who stands off stage in case Ozzy has to take a piss or a shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And that's going on right at the end. Oh, it's man. in one of the. Uh, I wish I could remember the the documentary I saw it on. Oh um, my gosh! Oh man, that is yeah, so awesome. Yeah, I wish I could remember what it was, but this, this guy actually he gives the interview and he's like, he's like, "Yep, it's happened before." Just, all right, this next song's called Yeah. <laughs> oh my god so, so next time when, when Tony's doing the solo and Ozzy's like off the stage now you'll never think of oh it my gosh. Like, oh my god that's shit. crazy Yeah, he's just <laughs> shitting don't worry about it he's just shitting off the stage <laughs> yeah. wow Does that's the kind of thing you'd see at a gore concert oh man well yeah. on, on that note <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. Right, thanks, I, right, I appreciate it. All right, so, okay, have see a good you guys. night. See yeah, see ya. Have a good bye. night. All right, bye bye. Later. That one's pretty good. <laughs> that don't be about the what shit. The I mean. <laughs> 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 <sighs>。And a very special thank you goes out to James Rolf. James, thanks for hanging out with us. We had a blast. 
We hope you had fun as well, and we will see you in the future. If you don't know, you can find everything James does at cinemassacre.com. Again, this has been episode 14 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit Discuss Metal for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. <laughs>